The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Spins by the feet, he's to the 10, the 5, touchdown! Evans up the middle to the five, into the end zone, touchdown, Eastern Michigan. Straight from the 7-3-4, it's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by the Foling Warehouse, your weekly chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. On this episode of the Eastern Insider, we celebrate, Tom, the end of summer. I don't want to say it's here but is upon us. Labor Day, the unofficial mark of fall. Football's back, soccer's back, volleyball's back. But more importantly, it's still hot and we're saying summer's over? Because it's not over. It's like 90 degrees. There's still plenty of heat out there. The calendar means nothing. Just because it flipped to September doesn't mean we're cooling off right away. Beautiful weekend to be at the lake if you want to be at the lake. But it's still plenty hot out there. Oh, it's also a sad weekend because if anybody knows me, they know I'm a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. The man just epitomizes summer. And I know it's kind of weird, but he kind of picked a weekend where he could have three days to celebrate him to go out with a bang, right? Absolutely. Jimmy Buffett. My sister's a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. Parrot Head yep. has been to a ton of his concerts. His music, phenomenal. Um, I didn't know he was dealing with anything, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, he kind of kept it under the radar. And so I was surprised when he passed. And I found as I get older, every time I look at someone's age, I'm like, boy, he was young. Yeah. I mean, he was in his 70s, but you're like, boy, he seems like, like he had a lot oh, more I'm to give. Oh, i closer to that number. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, once you get into the 90s or you're pushing triple digits, then I'll tell you, that, that was a good run. Yeah, but yeah. anything under that, it, it seems like it's a little young. But I was uh, stunned to see that he passed, and uh, we lost a great artist. He certainly was. He was a poet who uh, just had words behind it. So we'll do a little changes in attitudes, changes in latitudes to start off the show. As EMU football got things going on over the weekend, people will see the final score, Tom, and, and be like, it was an FCS school. They only won by 10. They had to come back. No, 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 no. This was a good Howard team that had a lot of beef up front, could move people around. Uh, they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to win a lot of games. If you watch that game, you got three football games in one. You got a dominant performance by Eastern Michigan for almost the first 30 minutes. Uh, then you're up 30 to nine, second half. And Creighton has talked about it before that there may have been a little beat in the chest in the locker room and like, we're smoking this team. They just didn't have what they needed in the second half. And for a while there, it looked like, boy, Howard's going to come all the way back, and this is going to be a problem. And then Eastern got it straightened out, last part of the fourth quarter. Kenyon Boyer kicks his first field goal since 2019 in any kind of game. That's a long time between – that's like being Brett Favre's backup back in the day. Yeah, like, I can say. When you're carrying a clipboard, you're not expected to go out and have to do it in a clutch situation when people are running at you. Yeah, that's not an easy thing to do. And it was a chip shot, but still, your nerves can get – like, Kenyon was pumped up. His mom had come into town uh, to visit from the West Coast. She was staying with him at his apartment. Because I know a couple days before the game, he's like, I got to clean the apartment. My mom can't come here and see this. And he was worrying about a lot of stuff dialed it in when he need to, got the field goal. Eastern Michigan wins by 10. I think it's a great way to go into the Minnesota game. It is in a lot of ways because you're building momentum. You, you were, will be hard-pressed to say Eastern was playing with the full deck. They didn't have a Chase Klein. There was no Josh Scott. 
no Jesus Gomez, not an excuse that they'll ever say, but you don't have your pieces at this po- at that point in the season. Those are big pieces to be banged up too. So hopefully you get Jesus should be ready to go against Minnesota. Hopefully Chase is back. As you get those pieces back, you're going to need them because those those games are wars of attrition. That's, you know, Minnesota's got a lot of depth. They're big guys. They're very athletic. You need every piece you have like you did last year at Arizona State. Even at quarterback, you know, that's a game that Powell started last year. Then Austin Smith comes in, really gets dunked in the water headfirst for a college experience and ends up leading them to the victory. So Eastern has blown the factory whistle the last few times that we've gone to a Power 5 opponent. You think back, Arizona State last year, a game that you and I had to call late night in the desert. We've seen them at Illinois. We've seen it at Purdue. We've seen it at Rutgers. What does it take to pull the upset this week? You have to play not perfect football, but you've got to, when you have a chance to flip the field, get an interception, there were some plays in this game against Howard where, a pass goes through a defender's hands. You're like, you can't let that happen against Minnesota. You got to make that interception. A dropped pass here or there. You got to make that catch. You got to execute on special teams, which you couldn't have been better on special teams no. than you were this week. Two kick returns for touchdowns has happened never, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, the only people that had more yards on the kick return uh, were the two guys on the field than me rushing to hand you notes about the last time it <laughs> happened because I was out of breath. Yeah, that was a lot of bad, but it was it was exciting. They took advantage of those big plays, and that's what you need to do against Minnesota. You, you can't drop passes. If you got a chance to get that sack, that interception, you can't let it slip through your fingers. And if you keep all of that in front of you, like the crowd, I don't worry about the crowd. No. Eastern's played in big games every single year. And uh, and sure, you got a couple true freshmen, Daquan White, you're like, okay, you know, it might be for him a little bit of a, like, holy cow, there's 54,000 people in here. But for most of this team, been there, done that. So I don't think that aspect's going to be a problem. And they'll work on the crowd noise this week. So you, you, the folks in the desert, and not that I, I love always the things that they have, but Minnesota, 7-2-1 and one against the spread their last few times they've been the favorite, including last year losing to Bowling Green. Eastern Michigan, meanwhile, has played road dogs. You think last year they were a 24-and-a-half-point underdog right. and found a way to, to upset Arizona State on the road. Yeah, and they it's so hard. Like, all right, think about Minnesota here. Nebraska gave that game away. Yep. Nebraska had won that game. It really is a best-case scenario for Eastern Michigan. If Minnesota loses that game, they might go with a little different mindset this week. Your hope is they're thinking, all right, here comes this direction. I don't even know who these guys are. We don't really have to worry about it. And you go up and bite them a little bit. I don't know if P.J. Fleck will let them do that. No, no. He, he, he won't let them do that. He won't let them do that. But, you know, some players are going to be like, we got this game, and we're, we just beat Nebraska. Nebraska's hobby – the last six years has been giving games away. Two, two, two turnovers in the last yep. last two possessions there. Otherwise, Minnesota doesn't get out of there with a victory. So when you look at the spread, I, I don't know. It, it take, there's, the, there's the market correction that comes after week one. Like Colorado goes down to TCU and beats them. And I think they're maybe a point and a half favorite over Nebraska. Right. So it's like, yeah, what's, I, what's the reality here? As we talked about last week, I think Colorado is an intriguing story. I didn't think they were going to go on the road and win like they did. 
But it just goes to show you, when you play team football, anything can happen. Eagles will get a chance this weekend in Minnesota. You can catch Tom, Rob, and I this weekend on 89.1 WEMU and the Varsity Network app. We'd love to have you along rather than listening to the TV feed. You can sync it up and make it all happen. Perfect timing. You, you pause one and get the other one to catch up right around kickoff. You time it up. You'll be good to go. So on today's show, plenty of football for you. We'll start with our usual interview with Chris Creighton. I sat down with him to get his thoughts on, on the weekend and, and everything else. And then also uh, his th- thoughts on going to Minnesota, playing this game, and also having the chance to sit down and watch his team and the story that was told on College Game Day over the weekend. So an interview you won't want to miss coming up. And then you get the chance to sit down with the other football on the soccer side of things. Sophie Diambra, who's uh, the captain for the soccer team here, two-time captain. Um, and we're going to get to know her a little bit. We didn't get, we're didn't. we not going to break down a lot of X's and O's as far as soccer, and they're off to a little bit of a slow start this season. But she's a fascinating person, tremendous player. Um, I'm going to ask her about when she fell in love with soccer. <laughs> Great story. Um, and she's had the chance to travel abroad for studies and really a fascinating person, a junior here at Eastern Michigan. So you're going to, you're going to learn a lot about her. You'll, you will instantly like her. Playing for head coach Scott Hall in his 25th season. Can you imagine doing something for 25 years straight uninterrupted? I don't think I've done anything yet for 25 years. I've, uh, least raised one kid. He's yeah. 25. <laughs> I've done that uninterrupted. Um, but that's a lot. And you. I'm you, not there yet. But how long have you been at Eastern Michigan? Counting as a student. Uh, 24. So you're almost there. I'm almost there. Your, I, I got to see your parents. For the oh, first yes. Time. They, first time since COVID. Since, they've been since to 2019. They were at the game. And my wife was talking to your mother. And she we were talking because my son's a freshman here. And she said, when we dropped Greg off at Eastern Michigan, we both got in the car and said, he'll probably beat us home. <laughs> He's probably going to get homesick and he'll beat us home. 24 years later. I'm still here. <laughs> you haven't left Ypsilanti. I fooled them. <laughs> Joke's on you, Mom and Dad. I'm never coming I back. I should have taken that bet. <laughs> it's just nice that it's, it's fall. It's football season. We talked about the weather not cooling down yet. It will, obviously. But it's just like... Eastern Michigan's a family. Everybody's around. It was yep. good to see each other's families. It was good. I saw Stan Heath down on the sidelines uh, before the football game. His team's getting ready to ramp it up and get ready for another college basketball season. It's just nice to. It was nice to be at home, play some football, and see the EMU family and get the the national pub you yep. were talking about with Dooley and Conti on there. And I would just I, I always loved the way the Nationals oh. shoot stadiums and stuff like that. I was like so artistic. Oh, it's like. That is a beautiful stadium. Exactly. Well, it is a holiday. I have to ask, what's the grill-out thing of choice today at the Helmer household? It would be hamburgers. Okay. My grill has rusted through. All right. It's it's DOA. So, so. I, I think if anybody's out there, a NIL deal for Tom is waiting for a new grill. Yeah. If the uh, like Weber people are out there or anything, that'd be I could use one. I got to get one. But, of course, they'll go on sale now. Yeah. We're at the end of the summer, so... I can get one ramped up for next summer. So, uh, of course, not a sponsor, but maybe Weber. You got a smoker, don't you? Oh, I smoked yesterday. We had chicken and and bacon on the grill, on the smoker, yeah. Did the chicken fall right off the bone after you smoked? Chef's kiss. (laughs) Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. (laughs) Uh, We got plenty of in store for you on this episode of the Eastern Cider. 
Tom and I back on the other side of this. You're listening. The Eastern Insider Podcast presented by the Foley Warehouse and Blue Cross Blue Shield. This podcast is also made possible by a sponsorship from National Trails Bus. Safety, comfort, reliability, ride with us. Trinity Health, the healthcare provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care to help you get back in the game. And Standard Printing and Design, the standard of excellence in print and design for small businesses. You already know Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan gives you access to the largest network of top doctors and hospitals. What you may not know is that with our 24-hour nurse line, online visits, whole health support, urgent care, and more, you can access the care you need whenever and wherever you need it, giving you the confidence in knowing that you're covered anytime, anywhere. We're here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. Here, Bowling Warehouse, and sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football, but you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Bowling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. Twenty lanes, two bars, over one hundred beers. The Bowling Warehouse at the corner of Washington Golf Side in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Eagles get a win over Howard to open the year. 33-23, they open at the factory. They build a lead early and were able to hold on. Coach, uh, first off, as always, congratulations on, on opening season win continuing the streak of non-conference success, but more importantly, you found a way for a lot of guys to get in and and really have to gut through a second half that, again, Howard, a really good team, as you talked about the week before, but they really tested you in, in portions of that second half. They sure did. They sure did. You know, we, um, we played really well, and we played complimentary football um, throughout the first half. Really, really good. Special teams, defense, offense. Um, and then when you go back, and and really look at it, you know, when we threw the interception, you know, in their territory, they just had a couple minutes left. It was the first time they drove the field mm-hmm. and they kicked the field goal. And so <clears throat> when we come back out, we're, we're off. Um, even our special teams, which are, you know, so good, just a little bit off there um, as well. And a couple series where they got, you know, some chunk runs and getting into the Wildcat. Right. And um, offense was, was three and out. Um, and, uh, you know, it wasn't till, uh, to me, it was like the 13 minute mark in the fourth quarter when they had the uh, really long field after the intentional grounding and the personal foul, um, you know, that uh, they punted, we got the ball back and, and went down and scored and, and, and sealed the game. So we had a good talk about that last night. Uh, I don't think anybody, you know, felt great, you know, about the, the third quarter, but we'll get it fixed. When you look at it, I, I know you touched on it Friday in your post game. But two less possessions because of the special teams game, able to return and give you points off the board. But also, as you're trying to get an offensive rhythm, two less possessions. And I went back and looked. It's almost 13 minutes of real-time clock that the offense doesn't have the football. After Howard has the, the, the ball, the, the, the safety, 
the punt return, and they get the ball back. 13 minutes is a long time without the ball. Yeah, you know, there's there's something uh, to be said for that. You know, you want your defense to to always be rested, and the longer that they can sit, the better. But that's not true, you know, with the offense. Offense, no. you know, you want them to, to get in a rhythm and a feel. And so you're never going to give up, you know, two kick returns for, for touchdowns is just incredible. But, uh, yeah, it, we're, you're skipping offensive yep. possessions. First time since 1964 when our records date back that Eastern has ever had two kick returns in a contest. So a school record for that. When you look at, at special teams, we know that's something that, that you and the staff for a long time have hung their hat on. Two special teams and technically a credit for a, a, the block PAT as well, even though a little miscue on Howard's part. But Overall, would you say special teams was the star of, of Friday's output? Oh, no opinion? question. No, no question. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I, would, I would even just tell you, though, that <clears throat> instead of six, um, you know, singling one out, it was the second series where um, we punted from our 50. They fair caught it on the 10. Uh, three plays where there was a penalty in there, so it may have been four plays, but they then punted from... Um, behind their five-yard line, um, and, you know, we, we go in and score. And that is complimentary football. That's yep. special teams, defense, and offense all working together. And uh, that was uh, something that we've been talking about and stressing, and the execution on that was just excellent. A few final thoughts on the, on the Howard game before we turn our attention to Minnesota. Uh, with his touchdown against the Bison, Samson Evans now one away from – equaling Gary Patton's mark for most touchdowns in a Eastern Michigan career. Samson also now third active in the nation in terms of touchdowns as well. Um, you look at a number like that and a guy you think is a transfer uh, to be able to set the all-time mark for touchdowns in a career that goes back 131 years now is really darn impressive. Oh, no question. Yeah. He'd be the first to to tell you that he can't do it without, you know, everybody else. Um, but we call on him, you know, and short yardage and goal line. Um, you know, we just, he, he is really, really difficult to, to bring down and just has a knack for lowering his pads and keeping his legs moving. And um, we know we can do it in the open field and all that too. And the short yardage, um, you know, he's been, uh, he's been sensational. Now you get to go on the road, face a Minnesota opponent that, Eastern has never played before, but you've faced a familiar foe, foe in P.J. Fleck, of course, the former head coach at Western Michigan, now up there in, in Minnesota. Uh, I know it's a program that you followed well. You got to watch. What do you think Minnesota has done well in that opening week, weekend against Nebraska? Oh, it was a huge win. You know, huge win at home uh, versus Nebraska. You know, um, got to see some of it on, on TV, and they uh, um, definitely uh, – a defensive battle for most of the game, but then, you know, a lot of fireworks there at the end. I mean, the comeback was, uh, was really impressive because to me, Nebraska was driving the ball to secure the victory. Um, when they were up 10 to three, uh, they took the ball away. It wasn't a turnover. They took the ball away, went down and scored, got a stop in Nebraska's two-minute drill on an interception. So they took that ball away again, went down, then kicked kicked a field goal, you know, at the at the very end of the game to come back from 10-3 to 13-10. And um, so, you know, just the the fight and the belief and um, complimentary football there too, you know. Um, 
defense taking it away, the offense getting it down there, and special teams winning the game. It was uh, it was impressive. It's often been said that football teams make their biggest jump from week one to week two. Just you're able to make adjustments. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that's true in some ways? Oh yeah, no. It, here, the, this is the part that you can miss. It it doesn't happen automatically. That that's the thing. You do have the opportunity to make the biggest jump from one from week one to week two. And, and I think, you know, there's not a coaching staff in America that doesn't, you know, know that and talk about that. Um, but it doesn't just happen automatically, you know. We don't have a, you know, a preseason. You know, you can scrimmage against yourself yep. and all that, but you're practicing against yourself all the time. And so college football is a little bit unique in that, that there's, there's no, there's no warm up. I mean, you're going out there and you are playing right. against outside competition. Um, and again, they could be doing something totally different, you know, in those eight months with different people and all of those things. And so you learn a lot about yourself. It's not just the opponent, but you learn a lot about yourself and um, the things that, you know, maybe you didn't get stretched, you know, in, in ways from your defense or from your offense or whatever. I mean, you know, just things... Um, you know, can be exposed and whatnot. And so that's one of the reasons I think there can be such a, you know, huge improvement from week one to two. As we sit here on a Monday, not going to ask you about game planning or anything, because you're still haven't met with the team. You're still a long way from that. But this Eastern Michigan club has won the last six times they've played a contest away from Rainierson Stadium. What does it take to bottle up some of that magic that last year rolling off those six straight wins on the road uh, have to do to carry over to the season? Um, you know, it was, it was, uh, really good last year. I, I think, you know, and you know, the numbers I don't, but I think we've done fairly well on the road, um, throughout. And I think there's just something about, um, being away, um, in this, in this case, you know, being, being the underdog, um, and just, uh, heightened focus, you know, being together for, you know, you're traveling, so you're going on Friday. And, um, you know, I also think that uh, it's not as much about being on the road, but just these kind of games, you know, our, our guys, you know, believe in themselves and, um, you know, really, really believe that, you know, that we can compete. Um, and so, but it takes, it takes an intense focus and it takes belief and it takes great execution and it takes, great preparation all week and all of those things in order to, you know, have a chance on, on Saturday. Eagles will get the chance against the Golden Gophers. Coach, uh, we'll let you out of here on this. You played Friday night, so you had the ability to sit at home on Saturday and watch one of football's biggest stages, and your program was prominently featured on College Game Day on Saturday as they were able to tell the, the Brian Dooley, Zach Conti story. What was going through your head as you're watching national TV seeing Eastern Michigan football? Yeah, it was neat. You know, it really was. I mean, first, you know, thanks to them for doing doing the story and doing such a great job with it. And, um, you know, um, yeah, I mean, what what Brian, um, you know, did and, you know, what Zach, um, you know, had earned and their relationship and all of that, you know, to be told because, you know, they never had any idea that, you know, um, so many people were going to, you know, get to listen to you know, to their relationship and, and, uh, you know, what Brian, you know, wanted to do. So just really, really cool. And, uh, just again, yeah, just appreciate 
appreciate um, College Game Day doing it. Yep, that won't be the last time the national spotlight shines upon Eastern Michigan. They'll get another chance this weekend as your team goes on the road. Best of luck. We'll catch up with you now on Monday. Awesome. Thanks. There he is, head coach Chris Creighton. Tom and I back after this quick timeout. You're listening to the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. All right, joining me now, Sophie Diambra, Jr., Soccer team here at Eastern Michigan. Did I say it right, Diambra? Yes, you did. Because I've said before, Diambra, Diambra, you're like, whatever. Like, some <laughs> people aren't hard on their last name. We want to get it right, though. Mm-hmm. Two-time captain, right? Yeah, I started last spring. Mm-hmm. And what has that role been like for you? Are you the type of person that leads vocally? Are you the type of person that would rather just lead by example, or can you do both? I think both. I'm pretty loud on the field. Off the field, I could be just as loud, but sometimes here or there I'll be quiet, but I think I'm pretty vocal overall. You come from a bit of a D1 family. Mm -hmm. Your brother's playing football at Fresno Mm -hmm. State, correct? Yes, Yes, he is. And what position does he play there? He actually played at Western Illinois before. Okay. um, And then he transferred for um, his last two years, but he was, I think, a running back there. Honestly. I like the furrowed brow. You don't. You got to know what position your brother know, plays, right? Did I they hand him into the him. ball or did they throw him the ball? Oh, I think he did both. Have so you have, have you ever gone to a Fresno I've, State game? Uh, yes, I went to his bowl game. Okay. Um, in the winter, but he just long snaps. So he at Western wasn't recruited for long snapping, and then when he was in the portal, they were like, "We want you for long snapping," and he's like, "Okay, that's fine." So he went there. So now he only is on special teams there. Long snaps. That's a great gig if you can get it though. Long snapping is a very specialty mm-hmm. thing. And you have two brothers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you the youngest of the no, family? No, I'm the middle. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do they both still gang up on you or not? Do they both look out for you? What kind of um, brothers you got there? They definitely look out for me more. They used to gang up on me when we were younger. But I think like the more we get older, I think <laughs> we've gotten closer for sure. Let's talk about your path in soccer. When was the first time you really knew, like, this is a sport mm-hmm. I love? Oh, gosh. I remember going up to my mom, and I was like, I can't do house league anymore. Like, I need a travel league. Like, I'd be screaming at the kids, and she would have to pull me aside, like, you need to relax. Like, we'll put you in travel. You just can't be yelling at these kids that are seven years old. So I'm like, okay, that's perfect. So then I went to, um, like, a local travel league around, like, Illinois, Chicago area. And just from there, I knew, like, I don't know, when I was, like, seventh grade, eighth grade, I was like, I want to take this to the next level eventually. So then moved to a bigger club, played ECNL, DA, GA, all the leagues, and then came to Eastern. Yeah, because you were at FC Chicago for two years, right? You played for FC Chicago? Uh, yeah, soccers. Soccer. My last two years, yeah. That'd be your last two years of high school, of high right? School, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. right. And what was that? Because is that a U.S. developmental team or? Yeah, um, it was really intense. We had... It was DA for my first year, and then we moved to GA. They're very similar leagues. But, yeah, we have a lot of good girls that come out of the Chicago area for women's soccer, and that was one of the programs that I wanted to get into because I saw that. So then when I transferred there um, after playing ECNL at Eclipse, I loved, like, the coaches there, the players. It was just a great environment. And now you're at Eastern Michigan. What was that recruiting process like, and how did you know – Mm-hmm. At what point, like, yeah, I'm going to Ypsilanti. Mm-hmm. 
It was kind of weird because with COVID, so right. this was like my last visit. And so I waited a couple months just because the, all the rules changed of when like other schools can talk to you. They kept getting pushed back because of COVID and everything. So I waited like months to like weigh out my options. And then I was like, what am I doing? Like, why am I waiting? Like, I want to come here. Like, I want to be a part of Eastern Michigan soccer. And so I was like, all right, my junior year, I think I, that's when I committed. I'm pretty sure towards the end of my junior year. Okay. I think COVID made things so weird because yeah. it's, you know, if you were in high school, it changed, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you had a season, maybe it didn't. It changed rules. It changes college eligibility. You can see players on a field that are playing six, seven years. Mm -hmm. You know, they've, they've made a career out of playing yeah. college soccer. It was a weird. It was, yeah. Weird time, it wasn't it? It still is because people have COVID years. I think um, there's only a couple on our team left, but with the COVID year, you get an extra year. But I was, I never got that because we were the one class like where they didn't give the COVID years. But I was like, dang, kind of wanted a COVID year. <laughs> I was like, I wish I got one. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about this, this soccer team mm -hmm. this year and how this team is built. How are you feeling about things with this squad? I think it's pretty good. Um, last year, we had a bunch of new freshmen come in. And I think now that they're like sophomores and we're juniors, I think we're collabing better and we have some great incoming freshmen this year that have brought great talent to the team. Some have started. I think it's it's definitely growing and going up for sure. It, the coaching staff, mm -hmm. talk about them a little bit and, and how they coach this team and how the team feels about the coaching here at Eastern Michigan. They're very personal. They like to know like, especially who they're recruiting, who they're getting, which is awesome. Like they really want to like know you as a person, not just as a soccer player, which I, that makes connections between you and the coaching staff. And that kind of like brushes off on the team. Like we personally want to know like everyone on the team. So I think that definitely helps with the camaraderie of the team. Do you know how unique that is? There's, there's a lot of schools where there's not, yeah. once you get recruited. Yeah. You don't know, like until right. you get there, how it's like. So I think it's great because I've never been a part of a team that knows, like, it's so close. Like, I consider all my teammates, like, friends. And it's crazy how they're from, like, all different places. Like, yeah, they're a forced friends, technically, because our coaches recruit them. And so it's just, I don't know, it's crazy to think, like, we all get along, which is awesome because I hear, like, horror stories from other schools. And that's, like, not like that for us. Yeah, which is my point. Like, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's, it seems like the, the roadmap to success is much easier if everybody cares about each mm -hmm. other and you all feel like you're in it together. Yeah. And that's the feeling that you mm -hmm. get. Yeah. Now for your off season training, as you got ready, did you do anything different this last off season or what, what does an off season look like for you as you try and stay mm -hmm. in shape or get a leg up going into the next in the season? summer or like in the spring? Yeah. Summer. Yeah. Um, so actually this summer I did something different. I actually studied abroad. So cool. I know I've always wanted to do that. I talked with, uh, the coaching staff, and I can't do it for a full semester because we have like soccer, we have to train, right. obviously. So I took three weeks, went to Barcelona, did that for three weeks, and I've never not played soccer like for that long, like unless I was like hurt or something. Like it was crazy. I still worked out, still was like on my fitness levels were good, but like touching soccer while not for, for three weeks, I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to do that. And it was just a different aspect. I was like, it was crazy for me, but then eventually I got back. I got to my trainer at home. I trained every day after that. I was still in shape. It was just weird for me not touching a soccer ball for three weeks while studying abroad because, like, I couldn't really do that there. But it's okay, too, yeah, right? Like, I think, Yeah, it was, I definitely needed because I think 
I was like, soccer is my life. Like, I've never like not been away for like so long from the game. And so I think it was a good break for me for the three weeks. And then I got back into it when I, I think I came back, I want to say June. And then we report here at the end of June. Okay. So then for most of June, I was at home training with my trainer like five times a week. And it was good. Had you been abroad before? Mm-mm. First time. What was it like? Oh, it was just so relaxed there. Like compared to the U.S., I... I don't know. It was just crazy, the culture, especially like they dress up for class. Like, I, they don't consider it dressing up. It's like normal for them. Right. Like, here, I'll go in sweatpants and right. gear. No, they're like a dress, jeans. Like I'm like going to class. I'm like, this is not me. But then eventually I like, got into it. I was like, oh, right. this is fun. But yeah, it was just like a culture shock. It was, Did you get to pick where you wanted to go? It was like Barcelona mm-hmm. the spot you wanted to go? Yes. So I went there. The next week I went to Valencia. I visited a friend in Portugal because he goes to school there and I got to stay with him. And it was crazy because I lived, I was like living with him for like the weekend and they speak Portuguese. And I was like, they were taking me all these places that had their cultural food. It was crazy. It was so fun. Can't wait to go back. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going back. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> if you, what's the next country after Bar- after you go to Barcelona, what's next? Somewhere in Italy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have family there, so I definitely want to go visit them. That's awesome. Final question, speaking of family, your parents make it out here from Illinois quite a bit for your games? Uh, they do. So between me at Easter, my brother at Fresno State, and then my other brother at Iowa, they're all over. <laughs> all over the way. It's like this coming weekend, they're going to Purdue to watch my brother because Fresno's flying all the way out there. Yeah. But they, they try to make it because we only got four years. That's right. So like, you got to go to everything. Got to go to everything. Mm-hmm. As a parent, I can tell you that's true. You yeah. want to be at everything. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Sophia, it's been a pleasure talking to you and get to know you. Yeah, you too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Good luck this season, Thank too. Thank you. All right, Sophie. Sophia, do you go by Sophie or Sophia? No, Sophia. Sophia. That's one thing my dad's like, make sure they call you Sophia. And I was like, okay. See, I have a Sophie, but we <laughs> oh. just, her name's Sophia, but she's, I'm a Sophie. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure I get her. Sophia Ambra. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. This podcast is also made possible by a sponsorship from National Trails Bus. Safety, comfort, reliability, ride with us. Trinity Health, the healthcare provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care to help you get back in the game. And Standard Printing and Design, the standard of excellence in print and design for small businesses. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast, your home for all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.